Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is November 19th, and our reading comes from James chapter 2. Beginning in verse 18, it says this, Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without works is useless or dead? So here... James is just, again, making the point we touched on yesterday that our faith should produce works in our life. And then I love this point that he makes in verse 19 is that believing's not enough, that even the devil, even demons believe. But when we have saving faith, it produces change. Remember, when we trust in Jesus, the Bible says several things happen. First, he takes out our stubborn, independent, hard heart and gives us a soft, tender, responsive heart. In other words, something shifts, something changes, something is renewed in our nature. Before, we were rebellious and independent by nature. After, we just become tender and more responsive and more open to the work of God. And if that's not true, if we've not experienced that heart change, despite what we think we believe, we probably need to turn to Jesus in saving faith so we get a new heart. Plus, the Bible says that the Spirit of God comes to live inside of us and that His Spirit would move us to follow Him. So if we don't feel the Spirit of God moving us towards Jesus, moving us towards Christ's likeness, moving us towards holiness, towards his kingdom, then again, we should be examining the condition of our hearts and probably need to turn to Jesus in saving faith. And then he's going to illustrate this through the person of Abraham. In verses 21 through 24, he says this, don't you remember our ancestor Abraham, who was shown to be right with God by his actions when we offered his son Isaac on the altar. And here's the point he makes. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So he was declared righteous. But James is arguing here that his actions by offering his son Isaac demonstrated that his faith, his believing, was real and true, right? And the same thing is true for us, is that our actions, our behavior, should point to the genuineness of our faith. Then in verses 25 through the end of the chapter, he uses Rahab as another example. She risked her life by protecting the spies, and her behavior shows the reality of her faith that the God of Israel was the God that she should give her allegiance to. And she actually ends up in the genealogy of Christ. Amazing. Chapter 3, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and can control ourselves in every other way. 
So two ideas there. The first is that when we have knowledge, we're held accountable to what we know. Now, again, that's that should really challenge us because you got to remember in the first century when James is writing this, people don't have Bibles, no such thing as Bibles and a printing press and all that. Well, now the Bible and truth and other Christian books and podcasts and preaching, there's so much teaching and training available to us that we are without excuse and we will be held accountable to what we know, to the truth that we've received and how we respond to it. And again, James says, how we handle our tongue says a lot about what God is doing in our hearts. Verse three, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And then he's going to say the same thing about a ship. Then he's going to say the same thing about a fire. And in all of these things, the idea is that the tongue seems to be this small little thing, but it has tremendous influence on culture and people, and the kingdom of God, it's a, it's a really big deal. But again, the key to controlling our tongue, our words, our mouth, is not willpower and discipline, but it's drawing close to Jesus so that he's changing our heart because our words are a reflection of what's happening in our heart. And our words are powerful. I mean, think about your own life. Look back and at the people who've had the biggest, most profound impact on you. Now, chances are what they did for you is they didn't give you a million dollars, right? Or they didn't rescue you from a fire, right? It wasn't that dramatic. Most of the people that have had the biggest impact on our life, the thing that they did for us is that they used their words to encourage us, to instruct us to show us love, to show us support, to keep us in the game, right? They just kept using their words to build our faith and to build us up, to encourage us and to convince us of their love. And it changed everything. I mean, that's what Dr. Bennett did for me. That was so profound. That was more important than anything else he did. He just constantly told me how he loved me, how God had a call in my life. There was something special about me. I mean, he just constantly encouraged and encouraged and encouraged and instructed me, and it changed my life. All right, let's finish with this section. Verse 17, he says, But the wisdom from above is first of all, first of all pure, peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So here he describes what the heart and the life, the way of relating that should be true of us as followers of Christ as he works in our hearts. So let's pray for that. Father, thank you again for your word, the instruction we've received today. God, help us to live by faith. And we want our faith to transform the way we live and to transform our words, which begins as a work in our heart. God, we want you to do such a work in us that we would use our words generously to encourage, to build up, to love, to strengthen the people around us. And God, ultimately we pray that we would be pure, peace-loving, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, 
good deeds, that we would show no favoritism, that we would be sincere, that we would be peacemakers. And in our lives and in all of our relationships, we would experience a harvest of righteousness. God, we're inviting you by your spirit to produce this life in us. We're trusting you to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me. hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.